0: This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news, today's talk. 640 Toronto. What a great weekend, all told, weather-wise. But construction-wise, we're always going to have some problems on the weekend. You're always going to see orange cones. It's going to cause a lane closure here and there. You know there's going to be busier times to drive than not. If you've got a big errand to run across town, you know, you get up early in the morning, maybe on a Saturday, and do it. So you're not doing it, like, Sunday at 5 o'clock or Saturday at 8 a.m., If you had to be in the car for an hour um, and you had to go somewhere say 40 K away and you had to use a major highway, you know when you'd actually use it. Um, But this jarred me yesterday, not just because I was in it. I was planning on talking about it regardless, but I was caught in it yesterday. The uh, second annual Mattamy Holmes bike for brain health happened in support of Baycrest. Fantastic cause. Absolutely. Um, but thousands of bike riders on the DVP and the Gardner. And that shuts down the major highways. I don't think we've found a way to keep the DVP and the Gardner open for cars and yet have bikes on it. It would be quite jarring. People would get up to a certain speed. I don't know that there's a way to do it. So I don't doubt it's dramatic. You get to look at the, like there's greenscapes of the DVP that are probably really pretty. You get the elevated view of what the city looks like from the gardener. That's kind of cool also. And you're raising funds. Okay, You're raising funds, aging brain health, no question, Alzheimer's, things like that. They affect my family. They probably affect yours as well. It's important. It's important to raise money. It's important to give back. It's important to pay it forward. I got you. All that stuff. I'm not dismissing it. But in the city of Toronto as we see it right now, can I be the one, can I be one of several, maybe today, to question the logistics of closing these highways for an entire day, an entire overnight and an entire day? It wasn't until after 6 o'clock that you could go southbound on the DVP from the top of the highway. I know it because I drove, I was going past it around 515, 520 and spotted that the DVP was still closed. Nobody had, a, had an entry route onto there. And that's thousands of people that need to get back downtown. They came from somewhere else. They went to Yorkdale. They went to Halden the Hills. They went, to, they went up north to Cottage Country, wherever. Like where you went to me is rather immaterial. It was not until after 4 p.m. that you could go north on the DVP. It's a 14-hour closure. And as I said yesterday to a couple of people, hating this concept does not make you anti-charity. But we're trying to stimulate, and I understand also the ideas hey, don't take the car if you don't have to. Thanks. Okay, I appreciate that advice. I'd like to cut down on my car travel also. I really would. But weekends are the time when you probably need the car more than anything. I saw cars on the 401 with bikes and they've got campers being towed behind them people are enjoying the great outdoors they are being active they're going somewhere but five family members can't ride bikes to their cottage <laughs> and they're not allowed to ride on major highways except when we close them do you see where this is this this leads 416-870-6400 via text. 416-870-6400 we're going to have to close roads periodically But this is not an an, an Easter parade in the beaches, okay? This is not a Santa Claus parade on a Saturday at 5 o'clock in the middle of late November. It's not. It's way more costly than that. Money, time, circumstance, all of it. All of it. Now, you can't have a major bike ride without closing some roads. I've ridden in the Ride to Conquer Cancer For the Princess Margaret, I've rode in that four years. I remember the 2009, 2010, 2013, 2015. I'm way overdue to do my fifth ride. You get a special gold helmet, by the way, when you do your fifth ride. You can raise a lot of money for um, for something so important. It is really empowering to ride from. So here's what you do: you go from Toronto to Hamilton. That's about 105 k, and then you go Hamilton to Niagara Falls on the Sunday. Toronto to Hamilton Saturday. You start from Exhibition Place. They just get you going and pumped up. They play inspirational music. You ride under that big angel or whatever that is at Exhibition Place and you feel empowered. I got it. I got it. We can't just put cyclists in a velodrome. We can't put them in a bubble. So they need to ride on major roads. They do not need to ride on the DVP or the Gardener. Not once, not one time. Riding in the Ride to Conquer Cancer, which I loved every second of. It's an. It's. I'm not a great cyclist, and I don't cycle a lot. I prefer to run, but um, it is you. You really test your own metal doing something like that. I'm beyond impressed. I see people out there who are 70 doing it. I got admiration galore. You've got survivors of cancer doing it. I like. I can't tell you how inspirational it is. It's, it's brought tears to my eyes many times. In the four years, riding like 850K in total, right? Raising probably 18 grand. And people have done a lot more than I've done it. But I'm telling you, we never shut down the DVP or the Gardener for that. There might be a lane closure along Lakeshore. You got to get out through Mississauga, Oakville, and and police are there. They're waving you through red lights sometimes. You kind of have your way on the road. But cars will come up behind you. Cars will be beside you. We don't close down... Major thoroughfares, two of them, just to make sure that we get the ride to conquer cancer done. I think this is kind of ill thought out, and I think this needs a second look. We have cl- enough closures as it is. We have enough struggles getting around as it is. Major headaches yesterday for people trying to get around, and it's it it's not nothing. Oh, you're coming back from the cottage? whoop de doo I'm sorry, it matters. You made people late for jobs, late for opportunities, late for seeing family, late for dropping family off that you've spent all weekend with. And you're like, okay, enough. Like, I don't understand the rubber stamping here of an approval like this. I'd love to find out how all this happens. This is just like a blanket approval. And again, what we want consult consultation here, like absolutely check in with people on this. And uh, and it does just makes no sense to me. Makes no sense whatsoever. Shiva Siddiqui is with me, um, of course. And you were you were similar to me. You were driving somewhere, and and some of this made you late yesterday.
1: I was. I was. Uh, I, first of all, the roads were chaos. I wasn't expecting it. I was actually went to Yorkdale Mall to meet a girlfriend for brunch, and you know it takes me maybe twenty twenty five minutes from where I am. Oh, it was like. An hour. Usually, it does. Yes. Yeah. It was. It was about an hour, and I had completely forgotten that the highway was closed for uh, for bike for brain health, and so I'm like, "What's going on? Is it const-? and it was construction as well, right? There was a lot of construction. It's mm-hmm. that time of year. It's you know, it's coming up to summer. It's going to happen. I expected that much, but it, it took me an hour there. Then on the way home, it just going here and there between construction and the highways being closed it was chaos and you're like you're right it's for a great cause i am all for that i'm all for raising money i'm all for charity uh, but do we have to close the highways is there another way to do this? I mean the Dawn Valley and the Gardener, I just feel like it was really, really busy. I feel like it inconvenienced so many people. You saw it, you turn on the TV, you see just the congestion all oh. over the city. And you know what, there is one good thing I did like out of it. There was a community organization called Don't Mess with the Dawn. I like that name, eh? Don't mess with the yeah, Dawn.
0: Yeah, I like that name.
1: It's part it partnered with the City of Toronto to do their first ever public cleanup of the Dawn Valley Parkway. And they focused on you know, planting new green spaces, making it look prettier, cleaning it up while the race was happening. So that's a good thing. I, I guess
0: that's, a, yeah, maybe that's another a, good. Thing. Maybe that's the only time you can do that. But I look at all these other, I've got a list of all these in front of me. You know, there's obviously um, the, 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 the Toronto Marathon, the Toronto Waterfront 10K, the Pride Run, a triathlon festival, and... None of those things close down the DVP in the Gardner. None of them do. The RBC race for the kids is in North York at Mel Lastman Square. Like none of these. It's 14 hours also. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Like uh, it's one thing if you say we, we can get everybody up and down that DVP between nine and noon, but it's not. It's 14 hours to set up the course and tear it down. And and they're, they're putting ta- tape and signs and whatnot. Go this way. Go that way. It's just a really cumbersome process here, and it put a lot of people out yesterday. Again, it, I think it's a really fair question to ask whether or not there's another way to do it. It's the yes. only one. I mentioned the Ride right to conquer cancer. Lakeshore is Lake going to be a mess when that happens at, at 10 in the morning. Or Sorry, it's more like 8 in the morning when we kick off on a Saturday. And it's going to annoy some local residents, but that's not what yesterday was. No. thousands of cars just sitting there. Having to take alternate routes. So, so the were 401- you just bumper
1: to bumper on the 401? 100%. Oh, that's brutal. So how 100%. long did it take you to get from, let's say, uh, Burlington to Ajax?
0: Uh, three and a half hours. Probably. Oh, wow. Maybe three. Maybe three.
1: You were inching.
0: We were we were inching along. We were having a good time. We were all together. It wasn't like I, f- I didn't feel like I was keeping somebody waiting from being somewhere. But still, right? But that might be the exception to the rule. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady.
2: Toronto's news. Today's talk.
0: 640 Toronto. Friday afternoon, um, you know, Sheba Siddiqui and I are ready to throw our phones into not just Lake Ontario, uh, but the Atlantic Ocean. We'll we'll get as close (laughs) as we can. Or uh, I was was driving around Lake Erie, so we could have actually each thrown a phone into the Great Lakes um, Friday evening because it's a long week. And... When did it drop around dinner time on Friday night that Paul Bernardo has moved prisons from Millhaven, which is a maximum security penitentiary, um, and moved to one in Quebec that's more considered a medium security institution? Two quick things on that, Chiba. One, he got moved on Monday, and um, nobody mentioned that in the media until Friday, and somehow, some way. Kind of the federal minister responsible for this kind of stuff, Marco Mendicino, the minister of public safety, didn't comment on it until it was out in the media. And if he didn't know about it on Monday, let's take that at face value. There's something really wrong with him not knowing about it, not having a say in it, or not even having an understanding of why they did this.
1: Where were you when this happened? When Paul Bernardo had ruined these two families' lives?
0: So... Yeah, I'm a late high school student, early, you know, I started university in 91. And so Bernardo's arrested in my second year and the big trial and the Homolka deal is probably my third year of undergrad into my fourth year. But I'll tell you that you thought about it all the time, driving up and down the 401. I was going to London, you know, going from London to Toronto a lot with friends Friend of mine, by the way, had um, um, a regrettable choice. He had a white Camaro, and I'm telling you, he was stopped all the time by police oh, on the on the highway wow. just to see if it was the guy they were looking for. And there was a woman named Linda Shaw, a UWO student, who went missing. Who went missing? And they figure it ended up being um, Bernardo. Yes. Like they're sure that it was. So it was. It was constantly in the news. Pre-internet, right? It was all like it was the most notorious case, and then they got him. And then the trial ever in
1: the country, I would say, ever probably
0: in the country, yes, certainly and so in the close GTA to home
1: for all of us. You know, in Ontario, we're exactly. Around if someone's the GTA.
0: called the Scarborough rapist, it's like that's a jarring, and he's out there. Yes, right. That's a jarring, jarring thing for young women and families everywhere. Absolutely, in Absolutely. I remember.
1: I was I was a few years younger than uh, French and Mahaffey. Uh, and I remember when it came time for me to start going out and, you know, sort of pushing my boundaries with my parents, mm-hmm. uh, they would, I knew they would, and I took advantages, unfortunate because I was very immature. You don't understand the, the gravity of the situation at that age. Uh, they would never lock the door on me. I knew that I'm like, oh, you know what? I can come home at whatever time I want because I know that they won't lock the door. I on forgot
0: me. that part of the story. Yes, that lock- was such a key part of the story. Yes, it was. Kristen like French she came home locked, late. Locked out.
1: Yes, and then her mom locked the door ah, because she was past yeah. her curfew. Yeah. So I I took advantage of that. Oh, I know, immature, imm- very immature. But when it actually I started to understand the complexity of what had happened to these girls, it was horrific. So when he went away, amazing. Great, They caught him, he's in maximum security, and now I'm hearing this. You're right, it took five days for this to come out. I'm like, okay, what is medium security? The difference between maximum security and medium security. So maximum security, you're a greater threat to safety, you require a higher degree of supervision, you have a higher chance of attempting to escape. Uh, However, uh, and your movement, your association, your privileges are very, very restricted. However, maximum security aims to prepare inmates for medium security. This is through programs like employment, educational activities. So that is their goal. I didn't know that was their goal for everybody, especially someone like Paul Bernardo. Medium security where he's going to, uh, it's an environment that encourages inmates to be more responsible for their day-to-day life. So your movement, your association privileges are moderately restricted. Uh, and you have the same security guards, the same state security guards as maximum security. So there is that there, but it allows you more interaction among inmates. And it allows you to take more responsibility for your actions and cooperate with each other. So, and and the goal here is to prepare them for minimum securities. So I really hope that is never the goal for Paul Bernardo.
0: I think I, that's so well said by you. And there's two there's two worries. Well, I think there's two camps here, and the one camp is it'll never happen. It's just it's he's just too notorious. The reaction would be um, would be incredibly upsetting. But we're here now and and the these parole hearings still happen. And so people will say, never be surprised by a justice system that is looking for a way to not necessarily rehabilitate the criminal, but is willing to say, let's look at the progress you've why? I like there's people I don't want to look at the progress they've made. I don't want to look at the progress that's been made by um you know by Alec Manassian. I don't want to look at the progress made by um, the Quebec Mosque uh, Murder. I don't want. I don't. I, I don't care about the progress. There's sometimes. There's yep. absolutely notorious cases where I'm sorry. I don't. I don't want to do that. And I. I read even yesterday, Sheba, on the 21st. I don't think there was one last year, but about two years ago now, June 22nd, 2021, Paul Bernardo gets a parole hearing. You know who has to go to that parole hearing? Yes. The parents of Kristen French and Leslie Mahaffey. Perfect. They have to get dressed up. And they have to give victim impact statements
1: and relive ah, it again, again and, and again. It. Yes. Why? Again, and again.
0: What a cruel, excruciating thing to do to those people. What, and so
1: there's no other way to put it. But I want to know what I'm assuming. Okay, good behavior. He behaved himself in jail. He was in Millhaven. He behaved himself. In, so sorry, he was in Kingston Penitentiary, and then he was in Millhaven. He was moved to Millhaven before that. Uh, after that. I wanted good behavior, getting along with others, not causing problems in jail. Sure, all of these things, but what about what he did? Yeah, yeah. What? What change? We need more information on this. And and, and did,
0: is that something he asks for? Does his lawyer ask oh, for I'm that? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he's been asking for that for decades. Because I don't think you go to him and go, "Hey, do you want? How are you, how's 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 everything going? How yes. about this? That doesn't feel like one of those scenarios where that would happen." Um, But it's incredibly, again, uh, like, so my sister has lived in the United States since 1994. And, you know, she would have been probably too young to be driving. He's arrested in February of 93 when I look at it. So she's 19. But any, but again, it's on anybody's mind. It's on anybody's mind. The seven of us who lived together in the same house, the night he was arrested, probably turned on like city TV or something. And we just sat there for two hours and watched the coverage of him being And none of us, I remember this like it was yesterday. Not no sports, no silly movies. We watched that for about 90 minutes. And some of us were a little more invested in news than others, but we were like, oh my God, they got him. And, and again, then you don't even know about Carla at that given time. That's a whole nother. Yes ball of wax who's
1: now living with a queens university education now living in the suburbs of yeah. montreal uh, she's got a couple of kids she's married under a pseudonym name
0: and she got into that community without anybody in the community knowing that yeah. she was there until there was sort of an expose news story.
1: Imagine having those playdates and realizing who your kids are playing
0: with. Bingo. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. We're talking some heavy stuff this morning. There's no question. If you told me five days ago, well, you'll be talking about Paul Bernardo Monday morning. I wouldn't have said that. Um, but it is jarring. It's jarring to anybody in Ontario. I was remembering just even during the news how going to Western at the time and uh, and being a university student in the early nineties, you'd have friends. Western was very a lot of Toronto, a lot of GTA students, male, female at Western. But they'd go back on weekends, especially go back on holidays. And I'm, I, it just occurred to me and it reoccurred to me that oftentimes, um, like a girl um, in a car would, would take a friend back to stay with their parents. They didn't want to drive along the 401. I'm not talking late at night at 2 in the morning. I'm talking 4 in the afternoon on a Friday. They'd take a friend, a female friend, a male friend, two friends, to go back, stay with their parents just because they were so concerned about that commute from London to Toronto. And I'm sure that's not the only university because there um, there was a certain demographic very, very worried about Paul Bernardo at that time. Understandably so. And it's just jarring. It's just really jarring and concerning um, to hear the news on Friday. And he was moved a week ago today. Um, our uh, our guest right now, MP for Beaches East York. He's also uh, running for the leadership of the Ontario Liberal Party. And he joins us every couple of weeks. He is Nathaniel Erskine-Smith. Nate, thanks very much for making the time as always
2: yeah yeah thanks for
0: having me i i bring up that um anecdote for me you're younger than me but you you can still look and and i I know you know what the name does to people in the community just mentioning the name you get the word friday that this is someone that's going from a maximum security prison to a medium security prison and it it just it just doesn't land well the idea of it not being a transparent process and we're trying to figure out why this has happened
2: Yeah, it's unthinkable. I I grew up in the East End of Toronto, and I was, I think, 12 or 13 when the trial was going on. Mm -hmm. And there's a a, rightly a visceral reaction from people across the country, but especially acutely here in the East End of Toronto and and across Scarborough. And I know the minister is raising this directly with the commissioner of corrections. That's important. But there needs to be transparency around how this decision got made in the first place, there needs to be an analysis of the rules and whether the rules ought to change to make sure a decision isn't made like this going forward. Uh, we can't be putting victims through this kind of thing. And what's the purpose of corrections? I mean, there is a rehabilitation focus, but retribution and delivering on behalf of victims and, 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 and our country and community is a critical part of the justice system people need to trust in the administration of justice and there's less trust when we see decisions like this
0: yeah there has to be uh, there's a balancing act i mean it's it's like the checks and balances we learn about the u.s system when we grew up um with the different branches including the ju- judiciary which is the supreme court your government got a lot of praise recently for saying we're going to enact some bail reform we we see the need for it now people have been pressing us to do it now we're going to do it i, I think people will ask for the same thing almost. We can't have we can't have politicians you know being heavy-handed with what what criminal sentencing should be but they like you said there just has to be more give and take in the process here
2: right and ultimately it does come down to that core consideration of do we see trust and is there trust across society in the administration of justice and that's a core value of the justice system is is maintaining that kind of trust and so in a situation like this, there's no, there's never going to be a chance of rehabilitation for someone like Bernardo. Mm-hmm. The crimes are so heinous. This is warranting, of course, serious punishment for life at, at, at the highest level. And, and that, that serious punishment needs to be maintained throughout his life. And so I, I think, I think we'll, we'll likely get to that place. I, I think through conversations that the minister's t- to have with the commissioner, we're likely to get to that place. But I I understand the outrage, and and I've uh, I've read the statements of the victim's families through their lawyer, and, and I agree with all of it.
0: Nate miss our guest on Toronto today. Um, let's get to Pride and Pride Month. I, I think we sometimes accentuate um, the issues we have, the conversations we have with still some evolution in language and evolution in rights. But I think we also can accentuate where we've come as a country. And it's all been this century, by the way. We didn't have same sex marriage legal in the 20th century. And it may feel like we always have. But we've come a long, long way. And to be honest, your government's put a lot of this legislation through since 2015. Like, it, it is something to, to, to be proud of.
2: No question. And I'm glad you mentioned just the progress that's been made in such a short period of time and pre-existing this government. But in a relatively short period of time, considering how long throughout history we saw such great discrimination and prejudice. And so, yeah, 25 years ago, there was a court case where the Supreme Court ruled that you couldn't fire someone simply for being gay. 20 years ago, we saw the Ontario Court of Appeal rule in favor of same-sex marriage. Over the last seven and a half years, since 2015, we've come a long way where we have protected gender identity and expression under the Canadian Human Rights Act. We've taken action to end the gay blood ban uh, and certainly supported organizations including Rainbow Railroad, and and bringing people into this country as refugees who are discriminated against uh, as a result of their sexual orientation. So there's been a a ton of progress. There's no question. Obviously, more to do. And and when you look around the world, and obviously, Uganda is right now a glaring example of this, but there are dozens of countries that criminalize uh, homosexuality. And frankly, I worry when you look at whether it's York Region or Norwich. I mean, there is a a soft prejudice that we see coming back.
0: Yeah, I mean I think, you know, people go down to the Caribbean countries from Canada all the time for for Christmas or March break or whatever and people should be able to go where they want, but then, you know, you leave there, you do some reading before or afterwards and you realize Mm, two men can't even get married here and i just spent a week here like you never know it but you're (laughs) you're in essence sort of like oh my goodness like we're so much further we got our own issues but we're so much further ahead in our country than so many other democracies
2: and i think it comes down to the fact that we understand that we live in a pluralistic society and when it comes to public institutions and that core value of equality, we need to defend equality through all of our public institutions. And mm. it's, it's an overriding ethos that makes our country what it is in many ways. And I know that there are competing values, and we see this with, the uh, you know, conversations around sex ed, we see it with conversations around the pride flags in Catholic schools, There are competing values between certain religions and that core value of equality. But when it comes to public funding for schools and when it comes to public institutions, we need to make sure that all human rights and that core value of equality is defended at every opportunity.
0: You're running for Ontario Liberal leadership. Um, The voting will go in late November. The winner um, and the new leader gets announced in early December. We're about a year removed from the last provincial election, and I know it left the Liberal Party in a bit of a tailspin. Um, I saw, you know, candidates that actually won their seat speak on television or on our show a couple of days later, but you could tell they were sort of just d- dumbstruck by the result. When you look at just the last year, and and this is part of part of your energy behind this, and part of people's energy behind you, is to say we can be doing better to tell people who we are, to have a clear mandate, to stand for for you know what we can what do you see in the last year that's that's energized you i mean the last year in itself made you say this is something i want to do
2: a few different things one is the frustration with the incompetence and lack of compassion lack of integrity i see at queen's park i want better i know we can deliver better and then it's about creating that better party and better alternative and strong alternative it's interesting, also traveling the province. I've been motivated. It's, it's equal parts exhausting and energizing, and it's energizing because people want to join and build something with you. And so, I was in Norfolk County last week, and there was a sense that, look, if you're going to bring that same kind of independence and and thoughtfulness and allow sort of freedom for your own caucus to speak their minds on behalf of their local communities this is something we want to do with you and build this with you and similarly whether it is on health care or housing especially for younger people there are core issues that this government is failing at that there's a huge opportunity to carve out space and say whether you're in north bay or windsor housing affordability is a key concern we are going to address this for you and make your life better
0: yeah, there's so much of that uh, that's concerning. And, and I, you, you're talking to a lot of people who are 21, 22, 23. I just referenced university age, and there was just never a doubt in my mind. Do the right things, do the digging, <laughs> work the long hours, and you'll get with your partner, you'll get to where you can get to to buy a house. And you're seeing right now 23, 24-year-olds who aren't so sure.
2: It's a generational fairness challenge. You talk about young people who are giving up on the idea of home ownership, but even rising rents are pushing people out of their home communities. And mm. it's a productivity challenge. It's an economic productivity challenge for our province and our country, frankly, when young people are leaving their home communities and leaving our province. We can't, we can't attract people or retain people of mm. talent if they can work somewhere somewhere else and, and afford to live somewhere else in a, in a much more serious way. And so mm. we need, we need serious leadership yeah. to address this challenge and enough of the, incompetence enough of the kicking cans down roads and ford look ford came in and said 1.5 million homes over 10 years he, he put a an expert task force together that made serious recommendations and then he promptly ignored them and he's encouraging sprawl selling up a greenbelt, doing the very opposite things that their task force recommended hey we'll talk in
0: a couple weeks nate appreciate your time this morning Thanks, Greg. There's Nathaniel Erskine-Smith, Beaches East York MP. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news, today's talk. 640 Toronto. There's still some um, obviously some ripple effect from uh, Minden's emergency room being closed. We have talked about this, how popular Minden is during this time of year, June, July, and August. Had Their population triples, sometimes quadruples, because of how many people go up there, and there is no emergency room anymore. And this community has been really strong, really steadfast, really united in the process to keep banging away at the provincial government. Like I, I worry, you know, stories leave the news cycle sometimes and, and maybe we don't do a good enough job in getting back to them. This isn't one of them. Patrick Porzuchek is joining us, a community leader who represents the Save the Minden ER group, and it's great to have him on. Patrick, thanks very much for the time. As always, I appreciate you uh, getting back to us.
3: Yeah, no, not a problem, Greg. I, uh, yeah, I just really want to say once again, I'm so proud of men in the community and the way they came together and the way they've been bringing it right to the front of the news, you know, all across Ontario, Canada, and even down in Australia. And you know what? This town really pulled together. They're telling the government and Triple Hs, you know, what's what? And this was not the right choice for our community, and we're still not giving up even though those blue H's have come down off the hospital.
0: So reset where? Where is the closest emergency room now for Minden residents?
3: All right. So if you're living right in Minden proper, your closest ER would be in Halliburton, which is a 25-minute drive out of town on a good day. You know, let's not take into effect know the winter weather. that can make it almost an hour drive if you can even make it there.
0: And there was like a story happened on the weekend that you and you weren't the only one to alert me to this that happened in Minden involving a fire. Can you lay that out for us? And and this time around, there was nothing incredibly um, traumatic, severe, life threatening, but it, there easily could have been. And people, the difference between that five minutes and 25 minutes would have cost lives. It looks like.
3: Yeah, it definitely could. And, you know, I look at this and this house being not even, you know, a three-minute walk from the Minden ED site. Let's just say, if it was myself, yourself, or anybody else in there, and let's just say, heaven forbid, the the uh, what it became a patient more critical. You know, what would have been a one-minute ride to the hospital is now 25 minutes worth of agonizing pain that anybody could be in, if not worse. You know, right here in Minden proper, that Minden ED is our lifeline. It is the guardian of the community, and it's right there for us. And you know what What happened on the weekend with this house fire? It goes to show you how this was not in the best interest of the public. Not only that, you just think about if it was your own family member or or yourself. How would that make you feel? This is not the right decision for the community. A 25-minute ride out of town is not right. And then you think about the people just on the outskirts of town, where it's an hour drive now to receive care. But my biggest thing is, let's just say there was casualties that happened uh, in that house fire and the Minden or the uh, Halliburton site got those patients. What happens then? They don't have the Minden Big Brother to count on for support. That means if any other car, car accidents they happen, another house fire, say even within an hour or two hours of the fire, where would all those people go? They would be redirected out of town an hour away just to get the basic care and the emergency services they need when they could have been... Five minutes
0: away it's so true pat patrick pours check our guest on toronto today on 640 toronto um alan drummond is a rural physician and uh and i got to follow him a bit during the um during the pandemic he's also said like we have to open our minds to everything to do with health care because everything we're doing isn't working. But here's what he wrote, Patrick. There will be more Minden's. We absolutely need a national discussion and plan on how to provide rural Canadians with timely access to quality emergency care on a regional basis. Every small town cannot expect to have a full service emergency department 24-7-365. He is right about that last sentence, but I think he picks up your point that there just aren't contingency plans. There wasn't a lot of warning about this closure, let alone and we all probably know somebody who, who lives too far from getting urgent care.
3: Yeah, and that's correct. Like, he is right in that aspect. If you look at the way things are going, a lot of the rural uh, emergency departments and hospitals have been shutting down or working on these lesser of uh, the scheduling. You know, they're not turning into the 24 emergency, 24-hour emergency departments. They're turning to 8 and 12. Look at what just happened in, Port, in Fort Erie and Port Coburn. It's happening there. Right. You look at Blind River. You look across the board something else there is a need to think outside the box on what we can do for all these rural communities in health care in all of ontario mm. and there's a lot of things that can happen if it's urgent care if it's you know looking at the CEC model from nova scotia we need to start thinking out of the box but even though we think out of the box we still need the progressive conservative government to step up the plate and know this isn't right and they really need to start taking uh Sorry, what's the word I'm looking for there? They really need to step up to the plate and admit that there is something wrong and they have to do something about it. They have to own it. They have to stop Piggy or passing it off to everybody else.
0: Lori Scott is your MPP. How would you describe her involvement in this process?
3: The only thing I can really say is she's been quiet. Uh, There's a lot of the constituents of hers that want to go to her and say, hey, we need you to step up. We need you to be our voice. We voted you in, and she held back. Yes, there's an urgent care clinic that is on the proposal to uh, come back in the community, which is great. Uh, It is going to help out with some of the basic health care needs of the community. Uh, But at the same time, where was she prior to? How come she wasn't out there? A lot of people went to her with a lot of different ideas, and they were all ignored. So it's going to take a lot for her to build back the trust in the community. She may never build it back. She really damaged her reputation with all of us across Minden and most of her writing like it's
0: it's one thing if she's giving you answers Patrick it's another thing not to give answers whatsoever so quiet to me means unavailable and that's not you have to answer the hard questions about policy and government and people are going to love some of what you do and, and not be able to stand or stomach some of what you do but to not answer not pick up phones not to be there in the community putting a face to face that's no good that's no good
3: no, it's not. And we invite her out to all the rallies. We invite her out to have a question uh, period with us when we did the very first community center. She never came out. Her, she was mum. And you know, it seems like her and the Triple Hs they follow the same routine. Let's just not answer any questions and hopefully everything will fall into place. Well, I'm sorry, healthcare isn't built on hope. It's built on facts. It's built on money. It's built on the community. And it's there to save lives. And being quiet about it, you can't, you need to speak. Uncomfortable or not, Give us the answers.
0: I hear that. Patrick, thanks so much. Um, and again, I think your community should be pretty proud of this because um, this isn't about politics this, or ideology. This is just about practicality. Will we have lives saved? Will we have lives lost because of what we've lost and, and the little notice we had with with what you don't have anymore? I appreciate you coming on.
3: No problem. Thank you so much,
0: Greg. Patrick, pours a check, our guest on Toronto Today. We'll, uh, I'll tell you, we'll, we'll try and get Laurie Scott on. We will. Um, and, and we'll ask her the tough questions about it. Am I hopeful she'll actually if she's not going to answer questions in her own community face to face, those are the people that you knocked on the door and said, vote for me because of this. And I will be this for you. I'll be your champion. Come hell or high water. Well, the hell or high water's here because there's no emergency room. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. Yeah, you know, they have uh, benchmarks that you want to go see and whatnot. There's a you know London Bridge and the Eiffel Tower. The Taj Mahal, the Grand Canyon, but Shiba and Gord, I went to one of the greatest places I've ever seen in my life. It it is one of the um it, it is one of the seven wonders of the world. It's called Dick's House of Sport, <laughs> and it was in Victor, New York, near where my sister lives in the uh, Greater Rochester area. The, Grah, the Gra, the G R A.
1: Right
0: now, Dick's Sporting Goods is sort of I don't know what to compare it to. It's like Sport Check on steroids. Okay, it's just. Has anyone ever been to a Dick Sporting Goods?
1: I have, yes. Well,
0: okay. So, picture as it, everything that's a great thing about Dick Sporting Goods big, it's big, it's it's voluminous. Sheba, this place had a, uh, a climbing wall inside for kids, big line for the climbing wall, um, where you could just drop your kids kind of off, and you've got two Dick's employees supervising the climbing. So, you can go shop. You know, mom well, can try out some golf clubs. That's like the Apple Dad store can for can look me. at canoes. It's like the Apple store. That's what I do. What do you do? Where do the kids go at the Apple store?
1: Oh, they have the iPad set up there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah, so they I'm would. like, I'll be back in 20 minutes or I'm going to kill you. So Right. So, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and that threat is taken seriously. The authorities are involved with that threat. So here's here's what it has. It has a 17,000 outdoor turf field. You pull up. You see this fenced-in place. It's got a... Track around it. I see kids playing. Wi- clearly, you know, mom and dad have dropped kids off to play <laughs> wiffle ball. I didn't even hear you cricket. speak about
1: your wife like this. I feel the no. love in your voice for Dick
3: Sporsky. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh! Now my my brother-in-law and sister, uh, I think gave me the wrong name, and I can't tell if they did this on purpose. Maybe they wanted me to say it on the radio. I'll say it anyway. They call the store Super Dicks. Now <laughs> it's well, there's an apostrophe. Yeah, but. It's Dick's House of Sport. I'm looking at the release when they opened it. Did you feel inadequate? Did you last feel year. Not at all. Not at all. Um, well, I, I don't know if I could uh, climb the rock climbing wall with my bad back right now. So it had a batting cage. There's golf hitting base. It has everything, basically. You want to break in a lacrosse stick and try it out? You can do it. You want to ride a bike around the outdoor track? You can do that. So this is
1: different than your average Dick's
0: Sporting I, I, Goods. I, like, I have pleaded with companies and, and corporations... Please give us this in Ontario. Please give us this in in, in Canada because it won't fail. It's just too awesome to fail. Now, I thought that about Target and Chiba, you and I have talked about this before. And the second someone commissions a 10-part Netflix series on Target. I'd like to be a common... You know how they Target comment?
1: failed in this country.
0: It really yeah. did. Very yes. quickly. Yeah.
1: So, no, it can't come back here. They've but tried it. No, it's over.
0: Don't you think they screwed up, though, because the Target Canada locations were not enough like the Target USA locations? People said they didn't have enough stuff.
1: But they were way more expensive. Well, uh, well, just, that's you, true also. Uh, yes, you're not getting the same... It's not the same feeling. It's not the same pricing. It's not this... Even with the conversion when you're in the States, it's still cheaper.
0: I guess it is. Yes, yeah, so so I love so it, like we. Do you really, like Super dicks? That's we, what I learned. We American, <laughs> we Americaned <laughs> <We> Ameri- <laughs> <We> Ameri- <laughs> it up because we spent a lot of yesterday at Dick's Sporting Goods, um, the House of No. Sorry, um, Dick's House of Sport. House <laughs> of Sport. I, just, <laughs> I almost made it even worse than the first <laughs> thing I said. Dick's House of Sport, and then we and Friday
1: night we were at Olive Garden. Oh, for free bread and sa- unlimited amazing. endless yeah. bread and salad. Amazing amazing okay what do you like what's do what? so you never get the soup like the minestrone soup oh no
0: no the minestrone soup came as well so one uh, one kid got minestrone soup <laughs> exactly and, then
1: and you just keep it coming by the way I had
0: a big fat beer and uh, my wife had a glass of wine and we had dinner entree, we got out of there for like 89 bucks for four yes, of us I wow. believe it
3: 89 bucks awesome. for and four. And stuffed get, with to the tip. brim. Full, yeah. You can't even
1: breathe. You're like waddling to the
0: car. I miss Olive Garden. I think I moved to um to Windsor and Olive Garden pulled out of Ontario around 1997, 98. It was the late 90s because they were here. But we didn't have we one in London briefly. where I grew
1: up. Yeah. Amazing.
0: Okay. So do you guys have an American store you'd, you'd instantly import here and you'd go, let me be the CEO. I'll run the American store and it'll work.
1: A uh, grocery store, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. We forgot to go there. Oh, I love Trader Joe's.
0: I think I was falling asleep Saturday night and my wife's like, we should go to Trader Joe's tomorrow. I'm like, eh, 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 asleep. Uh, uh, um, uh, Super Dicks, Sticks World of, <laughs> of Sport. So you uh, want I, like, Super I, Dicks to come
1: I to, th- to Ontario? Yes. Yes.
0: I It's nothing against, you know, Sport Check, Athletes World, any of these places. Um, Trader Joe's would be awesome. Cracker Barrel. Have- Cracker barrel with the old antique yeah. thing in the front
3: before you go and sit down.
0: <laughs> you can buy like an old chair yeah. that uh yeah, that that the seventh president of the United States sat on at one point in time or it looks right. like it did. Yeah, do they did they ever get into Canada Cracker Barrel?
1: Like maybe. And uh, yeah, maybe. And there's some one place. Uh, it's like a department store, like a Walmart, but I can't remember. I don't know how to say. Well, not J.C. Penney. What? Nobody no, like. Spell it. Coles. Ma- Myers. Myers.
0: Meyer. It's just Meyer. Meyer. But right. it's
1: spelled M-E-I-J-E-R. Right. Oh yeah. yes.
0: But just call it Meyer. You wouldn't yeah. say Walmart. So I got to get out to Walmart's a little later well, on. I've and, only been there the one and time. And get some. And, uh, and, and get some sticks. I don't yeah. know why you'd be buying sticks. Oh, here's
1: a great text. Hobby Lobby. That's a big one. Do you want know Hobby no. Lobby? No. It's like a Michael's on steroids. Oh. Yes. It's enormous. It's got everything, everything, like anything craft. So that's a big deal. I think at one
0: point I did something like this on the radio and I'm, and someone's like, build a bear. And I'm like, that'll yeah. never come here. And then it did. Oh, Bob Evans is another Bob one. Bob Evans is I all love right. my Bob Evans. Yeah. Gord, you've hit uh, you, the older demographic <laughs> really appreciates I, you I shilling for uh, Bob Evans and I Cracker Barrel. I love it. All right. Let's do in or out. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in.
3: So are we in? Out. Oh, you're out. You are over and out. No, 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 no. You
0: insulted
2: him a little bit. I'm okay with it, but now you're making me feel weird about it. Yeah,
0: it's a lot of fun. I think this is really easy today. Um, we got gridlock. We got summer weather. but it's it's So it's the driving season on weekends. It's cottage season on weekends. But Sheba, it's also charity, running, biking, swimming, all three season. And yesterday we saw critical major highways, arteries barricaded and blocked off to the tune of like 16 hours in the one case. You couldn't go southbound on the DVP. The DVP and Gardner were closed up for, you know, a a really big charity, the Madame Homes Bike for Brain Health in support of Baycrest. Great cause. Great cause. Put that out there. Right. But it kept the highways entirely car-free, in essence, for the whole day. Are you in or out on closing highways? We're not closing lanes on Kingston Road. We're not closing lanes on here, Ontario. We're closing giant highways that tens of thousands of cars will travel on. On a Sunday in basically the late spring, early summer. A you gorgeous,
1: sunny a Sunday sunny day. where people want to head downtown. I am out. I'm out on closing major arteries, highways in the city, in the GTA. There's got to be another way to do it. I mean, we often use the lakeshore, maybe closing lakeshore, keeping the gardener open. Uh, I'm out on that. Mm, Gord. I'm so out. I mean, soul out is even more than
0: out. Oh, okay.
1: There's tons of ways to, to to raise money. Princess Margaret raises thousands of dollars, and they don't close the highways down. They
0: do not for the right to conquer cancer. It's all about virtual signaling for me. It's like, look at me. That's- I'm out on the DVP. Yeah. I'm raising money. You can't do that on your Peloton. Yeah, and I love people. Oh, you're whining. You can't drive on the DVP for a couple hours. It's not a couple hours. It's 15 It's not two hours. It's an entire day. And And what
1: it does to the rest of the city, the gridlock.
0: Do you guys think it'd be worse? Somebody would know this better than we would maybe. Would it be worse on the Saturday? Because someone said that to me yesterday. I'm like, I think Sunday's worse. You're coming back from places on Sunday. Saturday is less traffic. No,
1: I feel the Saturday would be worse. You think it would be? Yes. Mm -hmm. I feel like Sunday's often a day of rest. You just want to hang out. You know, especially on a Sunday, in your garden or in your backyard or if
0: you have on your balcony. Well, we we love pitching a battle between entitled cyclists and entitled drivers. <laughs> so let's go, entitled people. Fight, <laughs> fight, fight. Are you in or out on closing highways for charitable endeavors, races and rides, etc.? The car guy. Want to weigh in on this day, Bradley? <laughs> do, do you know where I stand on this? Do you want to? Yeah, I... Uh... I I don't know. I, 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 I appreciate the fact that they're raising money for a good cause. Everybody does. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, maybe stay off the major highways. We don't run the marathon, although that'd be quite the uphill. The DVP would be quite an uphill when you're in yeah, mile 17 of the, of the marathon. It's true. Can you imagine if they close the no. 401? That's net, yeah, why not that if yeah. it's a big enough charity? And the city gets no money. It's not like the city's getting paid I can't think of the economic ramifications. Sometimes of it all. they mix in like refurbishment of the Don Valley Parkway or something like right. that, fixing guardrails, changing light bulbs, all that good thing. So it, it sort of works hand in hand. It's going to be closed anyway. Mm. So that's when you do it. But yeah.